It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing all right. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, tonight we've got a few news things to cover, and then we're going to kind of preview this game with the Colts uh, from, you know, obviously the Titans offensive perspective and Titans defensive perspective. Before we get into all that, remind you we're right from MutualCityMiracles.com. Cover the Titans for SB Nation there, so you can check out a lot of good stuff going on there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. You can get the podcast where you get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans, subscribe uh, wherever that is, and you get the newest episodes as soon as they are available. Um, all right, so a few injury situations that we've been monitoring. Uh, pretty good news today. Uh, recording this Thursday night, so Thursday's practice. Uh, Conklin, Derek Morgan, Dane Crookshank were all listed as full participants in today's practice. So um, I'm not sure if Conklin has officially cleared the protocol or not, but uh, I think all signs are pointing to him playing. Uh, you know, Derek, Derek Morgan's been out for a couple of weeks. It'll be good to get him back. Uh, just makes that outside linebacker rotation a little bit deeper, and they're going to need all of those guys out there as much as they can against the Colts. Uh, Quentin Spain was limited for the second straight day uh, with an ankle injury, so we'll have to keep an eye on him. And then guys that did not practice, Taewon Taylor, David Flewellen, and Corey Levin. Uh, Flewellen, uh, Brable said Monday, he's out. So no surprise there. Taewon Taylor hasn't practiced yet this week, so I'm assuming we probably don't see him on Sunday. Yeah, and you know it's weird that I'm comfortable with Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp, and Cam Batson, and Darius Jennings, but I am. I mean, for what you've seen over the last couple of weeks, uh, Marcus Mariota is clicking with those guys, and apparently they're going to be just fine uh, in the passing game. So the the one interesting thing uh, is about this whole situation is Jack Conklin. Uh, you know, he, he leaves that Dallas game. He had already gotten beat on a few reps. Uh, just just frankly wasn't having a, a, a very great game at all. Uh, Dennis Kelly comes in, and, and the offense kind of starts rolling. Uh, the, they ran the ball okay. They ran the ball pretty well last week. Uh, so you just you just wonder where he is with that knee. Uh, you had the knee problems back at, at Michigan State uh, the year before he was drafted, too. So that's, a, that's an interesting story to follow if he does indeed play. Uh, Titans need him to be back at the level he was his rookie season uh, back when he was an All-Pro. So that that's a big piece to watch going forward. Yeah, like you said, it, I mean, obviously the concussion doesn't limit mobility or any of that kind of stuff performance-wise there. But, yeah, he has not been as good this year. And so I, I am interested to watch how that plays out because, you know, Dennis Kelly, he's not the greatest player in the world, but he's serviceable. And, um, I mean, you, you feel better with him out there at right tackle instead of left tackle. I don't know, just the, the drop-off from, um, you know, from Conklin to Kelly is not as big as the one from Lewan to Kelly, obviously. I was trying to look up uh, what uh, it was Conklin, what Conklin's uh, grade is on PFF this year. i got to get to the other page because, I mean, he's 72.7, so he's graded out pretty well so far. But, yeah, like you said, in that game, in that game against Dallas, he was getting beat. And, you know, just you just like you said, you wonder where he is in, in the progress from the ACL and, uh, you know, came back rather quickly. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. But they do need him. I mean, the group overall, the offensive line overall has been better, um, you know, the last three weeks, especially obviously going back to the Baltimore game. They were kind of a disaster. But 
Um, they've been better since then, but yeah, if they're going to reach their full potential, they need him to be back to that level, like you said. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, it's not like he's going to go here. So at least they'll be, they'll have their starting five out there. Um, you know, they haven't had that very many times this year, so that's obviously a step in the right direction. And, you know, weapons-wise, I mean, I, I, I'm interested with, with Cam Batson now. He's, he's like I said, he's made a couple plays the last couple of weeks. Um, a guy that can run, a guy that they clearly like. I mean, they kept him around a couple different times, so. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he's able to contribute in this game as well. Uh, and then just other news thing, Pro Bowl voting uh, has started this week. Um, seen a lot of stuff going on, going around about that on Twitter. And we just kind of we were talking before we came on the show here about guys from the Titans that actually deserve to go. I mean, I know if, if you're a fan, you want to go vote for every single Titan, that's fine. I mean, the Pro Bowl is not, you know, not really an efficient way of, of finding out who the best players are anyway. It's a lot of a lot of a popularity contest, and that, and that you know that's fine. It is what it is. But you know, as far as guys from the Titans that really deserve to go, I mean, Jarrell Casey deserves to be there every year. You know, he's a guy that that wrecks the game uh, from the inside, and a guy that forces a lot of things to go wide or to go differently than you know the offense was planning. And so it helps the guys around him. Um, you know, and he's eighty four point six on PFF. I mean, he's he's obviously usually the Titans top-graded guy, but uh, Jayon Brown has been really good so far. Uh, actually leads the NFL with four and a half sacks for uh, for inside linebackers, um, so I think he's a guy that, that deserves consideration. Uh, who else would you put on that list if you were actually going to like sit down and try to you know make a, a real ballot of the guys that you thought had played the best this year? Yeah, I think you got to start with Kevin Byard. Uh, just the things he's able to do. It just seems like he's always around the football uh, no real explanation needed there. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with Jarrell Casey. Uh, you know, the average fan isn't isn't probably going to go out of their way to vote for Jarrell Casey if you don't live in Nashville. But I'm telling you what, if you turn on the the game film any given Sunday, that guy is is everywhere. I, I mean, you'll you'll try you'll start watching another player and then you'll see Casey pop off the screen on almost every play. So just the things he does, a little thing like like Jimmy mentioned forcing a play to go where it wasn't supposed to go. He he just impacts the game uh, in a huge huge way. So I think Jayon Brown has a really interesting case. Uh, probably a, a year or two out for him, you know, the small market player probably isn't going to get the the voting he needs. Uh, but he's just been everywhere. Uh, he filled in nicely for Wesley Woodyard when he went down with the injury. Uh, and, and then I think you you may be able to make a case for Adoree Jackson. You know, it, it depends on how he finishes the year. But if they're going to let him guard number one receivers from here on out and let him shadow and move around the defense, uh, I think a case can be made for Adoree, uh, which is kind of crazy considering – where he started last year. You know, I remember that Chicago Bears preseason game where I, I think the Bears targeted him on every single pass on, on one drive, on the opening drive. So he's really come a long way into growing into one of the, uh, the, the NFL's best young corners. Yeah, I think you make a good point about Jayon Brown taking a couple of years. It was, that was the case for Jarrell Casey. I mean, you know, he, he probably gets in this year just because people know who he is now. He made it last year. But, you know, there, there were two or three years there where he was the best, you know, interior defender in the league and just didn't get to go because the Titans were terrible and nobody pays attention to what goes on here if they're not winning. Uh, you know, a couple of guys, Wesley Woodyard, um, you know, again, he's, he's kind of been the heart and soul of this defense. You saw the, the issues that they had when he was out earlier this year. 
Um, you know, and his numbers don't necessarily pop off the, the screen at you. But a guy that is, is, you know, maybe the most important player on this defense. I mean, Jarrell Case is probably the most important player. But, I mean, Woodyard, you, just, you saw what it, was, what it was like when he wasn't out there. Um, so he, he's a guy that I think at least warrants consideration. And like you said that, about Dory, I think it, it's a little bit too early at this point maybe to, to put him in that conversation. But if he continues to play like he did against Josh Gordon, uh, you're going to see him mentioned. I mean, you know, that was, that was a performance that, you know, obviously a lot of other things got talked about in that game. But he was the guy that, you know, Mike Vrabel mentioned on Monday. Uh, you know, as kind of the player of the game for the Titans on defense. So um, I'm interested to watch and see if they continue uh, to to shadow different guys with him. And I, I hope they'll continue to do it in matchups where it makes sense. And I think they've got one this week. And so we'll talk about that a little bit when we start our preview of the Titans versus the Colts. Before we do that, tell you about my bookie. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we tell you if you're going to bet on sports online, the place to do it is my bookie. Uh, their whole thing is if you win, you get your money. You don't have to do the runaround and all that stuff. they got a great mobile site. Um, it's just as easy as doing it on the desktop, so you can bet before the game, in the game, whatever you want to do, you can do it on my bookie. They've got a great deal going for our listeners right now. They've had so many new bettors that if you're willing to wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern to make your first deposit, they're going to give you $25 additional, uh, $25 additional free money. Uh, and they're also willing to match your first deposit up to $1,000, dollar for dollar, uh, if you've never bet with them before. Uh, use promo code LOCKEDON25 when you sign up and make your account. Make that first deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, and they're going to give you that additional free $25. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. you got to talk... 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we'll talk about defense first. Um, Like I said, there, there are certain matchups where it makes sense to use a Dory Jackson in shadow coverage, and I think this is absolutely one of them. Um, you know, we talked about, honestly, when they drafted a Dory last year, about, uh, you know, one of the reasons that you would think they would, they would draft him would be to cover T.Y. Hilton. You play him twice a year. Um, we know, that, you know, his splits, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's so much better at home than he is on the road, you know, playing inside on that turf, you know, a speed guy. And that's what Adore is, too. We know he has world-class speed, uh, you know, ran track USC. We've talked about that a lot. So, I mean, I, I think in this matchup, it would make sense for them to have Adore follow T.Y. Hilton around just like he did Josh Gordon last week. Yeah, I mean, the Colts don't have much in terms of receivers outside of Hilton. You've got Ryan Grant. You've got Chester Rogers. Those, you know, former Titan Zach Pascal. Those guys don't really move the needle uh, so absolutely, it, it totally makes sense. 
to put Odori on T.Y. Hilton. I, I'd honestly be pretty surprised um, if that doesn't happen. But, you know, I, I think Dave McGinnis, just listened to him make his tour around the radio uh, this week, he hit the nail on the head. The Colts use all of their tight ends so well in the passing game. Um, you know, Eric Ebron, uh, Jack Doyle, all those guys, they've got five on the roster. Uh, and they use them creatively in, in the passing game. You know, uh, Mark Schofield, the guy from Locked On, uh, Locked On Patriots, he posted a video the other day of them running four verticals out of a three tight end set. So they're doing some uh, some creative stuff with those guys. So uh, Jayon Brown, Kevin Byard, uh, Kenny Vaccaro, all those guys over the middle, uh, they're going to have their hands full. And, you know, honestly, I, I'm more more concerned with that portion of the field than I am with any of these receivers. Yeah, like you said, they last week when Aaron scored like three touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown, like it ran kind of a reverse to him or an end around, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, they, they have gotten creative in the way that they've used those guys. And, you know, Ebron leads the, leads the Colts with 65 targets, uh, T.Y. Hilton second with 54. But then you got a guy like we know how much he, uh, Luck likes to throw to Jack Doyle. Doyle missed a few games, but he's back and healthy now, so they're going to use all those guys. Um, you know, and we talked about it. Look, the, the thing that is the, the Colts have been on fire lately, and it's because they haven't been letting Andrew Luck get sacked. And I think part of that is a product of their offensive line being better than it was in years past. Now, you know, that's not – it's not a a huge thing to say that they're better because for – it seems like for years and years they've been one of the worst units in the league. But um, they they have gotten better this year. Uh, They've had a a pretty good success on the ground. I mean, Marlon Mack, they've kind of moved to him as their feature back. Uh, He's got 78 carries for 410 yards. I mean, 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, nine miles, miles, 4.4 yards per carry. Jordan Wilkins is 5.4 yards per carry. So they, they've been able to be efficient in the running game, but Andrew Luck is throwing the ball a ton. I mean, he's already got 371 attempts on the year, uh, nearly 2,500 yards passing, 26 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So, you know, their offense is, is really clicking on all cylinders right now, and it's going to be a good test for the Titans and their, you know, number one scoring defense. Yeah, their, their backs are interesting. I remember saying on this show about a year ago, I don't know what the Colts are doing with Frank Gore. They need to give Marlon Mack some touches. And they have, and he's run away with it. So averaging over five yards a, a carry, uh, it's this is not your, your typical Colts uh, that, that you're used to seeing. So Frank Reich has really changed uh, the offensive system there. Luck's getting the ball out quick. Uh, you know, Naheem Hines has 37 catches. Uh, that's second on the team. So uh, getting it out quick, screens, all, all, all sorts of stuff like that. So each one of these backs, you know, Mack and, and, and Hines specifically, they can make some stuff happen in the open field. So, you know, the defense is already stressed with, with these tight ends. You're going to have to worry about uh, Jay on Brown, Wesley Woodyard, Rashawn Evans. They're going to have to worry about these backs coming out of the backfield because the Colts use them quite a bit. Yeah, and like you said, it'll be a good test for those guys. And, you know, if there is one knock on Woodyard, it is his ability to cover. Um, you know, that's why they drafted Jayon Brown. That's why you, you, you draft a guy like Rashawn Evans, um, guys that are a little bit more versatile and can do those kind of things. And this seems like the perfect the perfect game to see those guys play a little bit more. Uh, like I said, Frank Reich, I mean, I, I feel like he's maybe not getting as much talk as he should. Um, you know, Andrew Luck has, has found a way – to do, to, to do it this year. It's found a way to be efficient, 
but he's not the same guy that he was before the shoulder injury. Um, you know, I, I, again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I should have pulled him up before we started. But, I mean, his average depth of target and all that stuff is way down from where it was in years past. Um, you know, Frank Reich obviously comes from that Eagles system where they were, you know, really highly regarded for the way they used analytics and, and those kind of things. And so they've done a good job of, you know, scheming up this offense to suit what they're able to do. And part of that is those short passes, getting the ball out quick. And, you know, part of it, I think, is to compensate for, for an offensive line. But they've been better. But I think the biggest part of it is just Andrew Luck doesn't have the arm that he did a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it's a different Andrew Luck. You know, 66% of his balls are being completed, uh, 26 touchdowns to, to only nine interceptions. So uh, he's back. You know, we didn't – that was a talk all summer. Will Andrew Luck ever throw a ball again? Uh, and and it, there was a time where we we were really questioning that, but he's he's back. You know, passer rating of, of 98.4. He seems to be his his same self that he was a couple of years ago. So I, I think he's in a, a much better system, uh, a system that that's just starting to grow too, which is scary. So uh, down the road, you know, if if Indy can put a defense behind uh, behind an Andrew Luck led offense with Frank Reich steering the ship. Uh, that's going to be a scary thing. But fortunately for the Titans, uh, they don't really have the defense to go with that offense right now. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things where it probably would have been better if we could have gotten the Colts earlier in the season. Um, and, you know, we got the Texans early in the season, so I mean, I guess it kind of all evens out when Deshaun Watson was still, you know, coming back. But, they, like I said, their offense has really hit, the, hit their stride. And, like you said, it's just a, a system that they're growing into. Uh, you know, not – not much different than what we than what the Titans are doing here. You know, just a new offense, learning all that stuff. So, um, yeah, he he is back to back to being really good. And uh, they they're talking about him on, the, on midday one eighty today about how you know nobody hates Andrew Luck. And I was like, I don't know who you're talking about because I hate Andrew Luck. Like I, I don't I don't Same. like to look at him. I don't like to look at him. I don't like that he you know the the Titans are zero and nine against him. I and mean, I get it that he's like a nice dude and he like tells people good job. When they sack him and stuff, but that doesn't make me hate him any less. No, it's his voice, um, man. Yeah, you ever heard him talk? Thing. God, oh my gosh. Yeah, and you know, the minute they want to, you know, do that thing where they they fire up his his uh, podcast, the book club thing, you yeah. know, and they'll play it and they'll check in every now and then. He's still just talking about some random things, anyway. Yeah, um, but you know, like I listen, Titans need to get a win against him. That, that's really the last thing left uh, to get the, the the Colts monkey off their back. Um, and so, I mean, uh, you know, I think that I think they've got a good chance to do it this weekend, but I think they're going to have to score some points to do it. I think they'll be able to do that. So coming up, we'll talk about how this offense, Titans offense, matches up against the Colts defense. So offensively, um, the Titans should be able to do, you know, pretty much whatever they want to do in this game. Uh, the, the Colts defense is is I mean I, I think early on they were they were better than than people expected them to be but that has not been the case lately and we went over it I mean a, a couple shows ago about how they they're giving up points all over the place and if you go look at their you know DVOA numbers they're not good against number one wide receivers not good against number two wide receivers not good against number I mean they're not good against anything uh, in, in the passing game and so I, I think that this is going to be another game where. If Marcus plays well, 
Um, you know, that's, that's always part of the thing. If, if everybody's on the same page, which they seem to have been doing better with recently, really ever since the London game, we haven't seen as many of the receiver goes one way, ball goes the other type deals. It seems like everything's kind of kind of sinking in there. Uh, it, it seems like that they should have, that the Titans should have a, an opportunity to put up a lot of points here. Yeah, just nothing really special on, on this defensive unit. Uh, you know, you look up front. Uh, Marcus Hunt is their best interior defender. Uh, Jabal Sheard still playing. He's coming off the edge. There, there's just not not a lot of beef right there in, in the middle. So for, a, for an offensive line for the Titans that has seemed to, to turn a little bit of a corner over the last two or three weeks, uh, they've got to be look, licking their chops here, uh, getting this, this Colts defensive unit. So I think that's where it's going to start for the Titans. I think they're going to want to run the ball. Um, and, and, you know, it's not to say that the Titans can't throw on the Colts either because I, I think they'll have some opportunities there. Um, you know, Malik Hooker hasn't practiced for two days in a row. Uh, Nate Hairston, one of their top three corners, hasn't practiced, didn't practice today. Uh, he practiced on Wednesday. So I think there's opportunities all over the field here. Uh, what the Titans offense cannot do is go out and lay an egg. You know, we've, we've been here before. We, we've been confident in this team before and they've they've just absolutely wrecked us uh, so what they can't come out and do is score you know 10 points and, and destroy all the progress they've made so there's no reason uh, unless Marcus Mariota goes down uh, there's no reason this team can't score in a variety of ways you know you should have the run game clicking uh, you should have the play action game clicking you should have Corey Davis winning separation uh, against Pierre Desir or whoever he ends up playing against so uh, really, really good matchup uh, for the Titans. Hope they can con- con- continue this offensive success. Yeah, and they, you know, this is like I think one of the last steps in our you know battered fan syndrome deal um, is getting over this hump against the Colts. And we talked about it earlier this week. You know, the, you can just think of games where it seemed like everything was in the Titans' favor. No reason they should lose the game, and something happens, and they, they come out flat, or they just, you know, whatever, and, and they lose to the Colts. Obviously, that's a big part of the, you know, 0-9 against Andrew Luck. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think this is the chance, really, to there, – there's a lot of things at stake here. I mean, this is a chance for them to, you know, prove last week wasn't a fluke against the Patriots, um, to prove that they're, they're a team that can come out and, and be successful – Consistently, and I think that's the biggest thing that we're waiting for now is to see you know some sustained success, some sustained efficiency from the offense. Uh, no reason they shouldn't be able to put up points here. Uh, again, we talked about how this game—if they win this game, no matter what the Texans do on Sunday—it sets up you know a battle for first in the AFC South uh, on you know the following Monday night. So I mean, there's just there's so much stuff at stake here, um, and, and I just I think again I have a lot of confidence right now because of how well they've been playing but that's also kind of a scary thing because like you said it seems like every time we get high on them something happens and knock us back down so hopefully that's not gonna be the case this week you know they're a team that plays a lot of zone um so that's that's a place where Tajay Sharp thrives so I I think you could see him get back involved after he's kind of been missing the last couple weeks but had the big game in London against the Chargers um they're gonna need you know they're gonna need somebody else to step up uh but they call like I said they're 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 better against the run anything else i think they're like 13th in the league dvoa or they're ninth in the league dvoa against the run but um you know the Titans obviously still going to try to sustain the running game um but i think they're going to have an opportunity here too you know we've seen the shift touch wise 
from Derrick Henry to Deion Lewis. I think this is another chance for Deion Lewis to have a big game. I think he could have a big game receiving here. The Colts have been really bad against uh, backs out of the backfield. So, I don't know. Just a lot of things seem to set up well here for the Titans, and they just need to go out and take advantage of it. Yeah, one guy that stands out for the Colts, uh, our first time facing him, Darius Leonard, the linebacker, uh, plays on the outside, kind of off the ball. Um, he's been huge for the Colts. Uh, rookie, he's got a, just, it seems like a million tackles already, just looking through his game log already. Uh, four sacks as well. So that's a guy that, that Marcus Mario is going to have to pay attention to. They're going to throw him uh, all around this defense and, and let him blitz. So it's, that's kind of the one piece that really stands out. Uh, that, that's, that might be a fi- foundational piece for the Colts going forward. Uh, but man, outside of that, there's just not much there on, on this defense. So like I said, it just sets up so well for the Titans. Uh, you just hope they can they can string maybe a fourth game together if you go back to that London game uh, f- for the offense uh, of looking like they actually belong in the NFL. Yeah, and again, I mean, listen, I still believe that they do. I still believe that Marcus Mariota is the guy. He's healthy now, all that kind of stuff. But he he's still got to go out and prove it, and this is this is the perfect chance for him to do that. Again, you get a defense that you should light up. Um, he, he needs to go out there and do it. He needs to go out there and prove that he can. I think they win this game. I don't know if I'm if I'm overly confident just off of you know a big win against the Patriots, uh, good showing on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys. Um, I think there's going to be points scored. I mean, I think it's going to. I think the Titans are going to score 30 again. I think you're looking at something like a, you know, 34-27 type game. But I mean, I, I have confidence now that I didn't have a couple of weeks ago that the Titans can be in that kind of game and win it. Yeah, I'm. I'm still surprised this line still favors Indy. It hasn't moved. It's still an Indy minus two. So uh, I'm with you. I think the Titans win this game. I think uh, two offenses are hot. Uh, one defense is hot and one isn't so hot. So I think that that Titans defense is the uh, the difference maker. I think Indy will score some. I, I don't think the Titans are going to shut them out or anything like that. But I think you're looking at something along the lines of like a, a 28-20 type game. Yeah, and it's going to be. I mean, like I said, if they can if they can win this game, it just makes for such a fun week next week. Uh, you know, heading into the Monday night game against the Texans, who, you know, we don't like anyway, and, and the fan bases don't like each other, I don't think the teams like each other. You know, they the Titans were able to come out there and, and do what they did in that first game against the Texans without the tackles and all that stuff. I mean, you know, that game plan was awesome. Everybody's been talking about how Vrabel coached circles around uh, Bill O'Brien in that game. So a lot of stuff that this can set up, but they got to win this one first. And, you know, like I said, that been, that's been an issue for this team in the past. But hopefully they learn from – you know, kind of the letdown they had after the win over the Eagles earlier in the season, and we won't see anything like that again. So that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we will be back on Sunday night with a recap of this game, hopefully talking about another big Titans win. And then, like I said, setting up. either way, I mean, it, it's still a really big game heading into to the Houston game because the, the Titans can still, even if they lose this one, they can still, if they beat the Texans again, then you've got both games against them. So that would set them up well. For, for down the road. But anyway, hopefully they can get this one and we don't have to worry about that. Uh, all right, so like I said, we'll be back Sunday night. In the meantime, UCMiracles.com. Lots, a lot of good stuff going up on there. Mike put his film review of the offense up today, so you can check that out. Um, a lot of good stuff in there, as always. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. So thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again Sunday night. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? 
Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.